Welcome to the Peak RFP Podcast. My name is Luke Huso. I'm a physical therapist here at Peak Rehab, joined once again by my friend Caleb Mellinger, uh, also a physical therapist here at Peak, and Dr. Randy Meredith, who is a fellowship-trained total joint specialist with Legend Orthopedics. So we're following up this episode on our last episode where we talked about uh, hip joint osteoarthritis, hip joint pain, and now we're going to move into uh, talking about total hip replacement, also called total hip arthroplasty. So you may see THA out there as well. So let's get into total joint replacement at the hip. Welcome, Caleb. Welcome, Dr. Meredith. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Okay. So we're taught. We we talked last time about what the indications for what we call a total hip, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to have a total hip. Um, let's talk first about some of the classic. Uh, total hip uh, methods, and then we're going to move into uh, the anterior approach. And so let's first talk about those classic approaches. Okay. So in general, when you start talking about you've made that decision that you're going to need a total hip replacement, um, usually there's three separate ways to get into the hip to do your hip replacement. Okay. There's a classic traditional posterior approach, which is probably the most common one used in the country. All right. It's been used the longest. Um, There's a lateral or anterolateral approach, um, which has also been around for a long time. And then obviously there's now the new uh, kind of direct anterior approach that a lot of us are now using. Okay. Um, When you start talking about the posterior approach versus anterior versus anterolateral, it really comes down to how you get into the hip, and what you're doing with the gluteus medius muscle. Right. And so the posterior approach, um, both that and the lateral approach have an incision on the side of your hip. Uh-huh. Um, you lay on your side when you're doing the surgery. Uh, and a posterior approach, you're going to go through the, kind of the back part. So you're okay. going to go through the gluteus maximus muscle. Yep. You leave the gluteus medius muscle in place. You take the short external rotators and the capsule off the posterior aspect of the hip. And that's how you get into the hip. Following that, you repair all of that on the way out. Now, right. the issue with that is, for the most part, um, is just instability. Okay, yeah. because now when most people dislocate their hip, it dislocates posterior. So right. that's what happens, and that's why we get a little concerned by the posterior approach. Now that's gotten better with some of the things that we've done over the years. But it's still there. And this is where we're talking about hip precautions, <clears throat> correct? That's correct. That's right. Correct. So, so, Caleb, what are we talking about with, if we're taking that traditional posterior approach, what are, what are these hip precautions that patients may hear about? Yeah, well, like, like Dr. Meredith mentioned, you don't want to dislocate. And so if you're going in kind of the back wall of the hip, and that's where most often the hip is going to come out in a dislocation mechanism, you want to protect kind of putting extra pressure of your hip moving that way. So when you cross your legs, when you bend over, you know, past 90 degrees at the hip, uh, when when you turn or pivot inside on that operative leg, right. that takes the ball and socket and, and that prosthesis, which is your new joint, and it turns it more towards that back wall. And right. if that back wall is weakened right. or you're more frail in nature, or, or don't have as much strength or still recovering or a variety of reasons, multifactorial, then you're at an increased risk of dislocation. Right, and right. that's, what would you say, probably the number one goal of protecting your new joint? Correct. Don't yeah, dislocate. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, and, and, right. And, you know, not to get patients too scared, posterior dislocations are pretty rare. 
Yes. You, you know, so, so they're all pretty rare. That's okay? right. So you, 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 but posterior, posterior approaches still have the highest number. Right. That's right. That's right. Um, so, That's right. And yeah. I would just mention in the clinic, when we see folks who have had a more traditional or classic approach, you know, we're encouraging in them, right, this is not that common, but you're going to be a little more sensitive to those pressures. Heck yeah. Hey, I feel some pressure in the back of my hip. Right. Okay, you're going to listen to that. You right. Know, like we're right. not going to keep pushing <laughs> That's into right. that. That's right. Your body's telling you something. Dr. Meredith, you mentioned the glute medius muscle. And that's yeah. super important at the hip. Not right. that the glute max is not, because it is as well. But when we talk about gait, because if you're talking about total hip replacement, a lot of people probably have either seen somebody who, who's got this kind of funky walk, mm-hmm. right? That's correct. Um, or, or, or maybe have struggled with it themselves. The glute medius muscle is super important. And anytime you get in there and work with it, it's going to be imperative to get it strong on the backside. And so why is that glute medius important in our gait? Well, it's your it's the stabilizer of your pelvis, right? That's right. And so basically what happens, your gluteus medius muscle attaches over on that big bone on the side, your trochanter. Mm-hmm. And when you try to stand up, when your opposite leg comes off the ground, yep. that's the muscle that holds your pelvis level. That's right. Um, because it's attached to your other leg. And so when that muscle's not functioning or it's torn, your pelvis can't stay level when you come up. So the pelvis is going to rotate away just to keep your balance or you fall. Right. And right. so, you know, we were talking about approaches. And so the lateral approach, for instance, you take off 40, 40 to 50% of that muscle. Yeah. And then we repair it back as you go in. So right. your dislocation rate goes down, but your limp rate sure. goes up. Yeah. Okay. And, and we're going to talk about, just like we did with the total knee, in the, some next couple episodes, we're going to talk about post-op, sure. what it looks like, and some of those rehab concerns for making sure that gait is good and, and that we're doing some appropriate strengthening down sure. the road after these hips. Yeah. That's right. You know, that, that gate, the technical term is a Trendelenburg, but everybody calls it the, you know, the waddle, the, right. the step bump bump, or, right. the, you know, kind of swagger and, and, and not in a good way. Yeah, no doubt. You look, you know, yeah, we're not looking to limp, right? That's right. Okay. All right. So we talked a little bit about a couple of these other approaches. Right. I know from a physical therapy side, Caleb and I are, are excited about this anterior. Sure. Uh, we've been working with this for a sure. number of years here. So let's talk about the direct anterior approach. I know that's primarily what you are doing, mm-hmm. and and uh, let's get into that a little bit. So <clears throat> the direct anterior approach, it's been around for a while, but it's only really become popular probably in the last 15, 15 to 20 years probably. Um, like I said, I've been doing it now for about 10 years. Um, I did hips posterior, I did sure. hips lateral, right. now I do them all anterior. So uh, I think patients do better. I think they get over it quicker. There's just no doubt about it. Um, You know, when I started doing this 15, 20 years ago, people were in the hospital for three or four days. They were on a walker for six weeks, that kind of thing. Now we're doing them outpatient. Okay, so it's a big difference. Mm -hmm. It's a big difference. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that difference. So why do they do better? Why is it quicker? What are some of the changes? Well, it's the approach, right? So there's multiple things. So... When, they're, uh, when we do the surgery for anterior versus any other approach to the hip, they're laying supine. So they're laying on their back. Right. We use a special table, the mm-hmm. HANA table, and mm-hmm. we can get into that a little bit more yeah. another time. But, yeah. But basically, we split the muscles instead of taking them off. So yeah. So we basically pull the muscles apart to get into the front of the hip. 
So it's, in my opinion, it's the best of both worlds. We're not taking the medius off. Right. We're not going through the maximus. We're basically splitting those muscles. We're going through the front of the hip, not the back of the hip. Right. Okay. Right. We also use x-rays while we're there. So we make sure that we like where the stem is. We make sure we like where the cup is. We make sure we like the leg length. Sure. We can check all the things that we really can't do from the other approaches mm, while mm. we're in the operating. Yeah. I know I know that, you know, that when we're gonna talk about the post op side next, but but I remember the first time I, I saw a an anterior approach uh, patient with one came in the clinic and it's day five. Right. And I number one, I'm not used to seeing them day five. Right. And they're they're walking with nothing, right. and they're not limping. Correct. And I thought, kind of thought, oh, I, I must this this surgery must have got pushed off. I must be, you know, because it says you had a hip replacement, right. but you clearly didn't have a hip replacement. Right. And uh, and so it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah. The, the and and you know, I I think we see a lot more good early mobility, and there's there's always still complications, but Correct. It's impressive, I think, how how well these people ambulate. And do after this anterior approach. I tell patients the truth is when you look at the studies and you look at everything, what happens is at about a year, there's really no difference between all the approaches. Right. The big difference is in the first six weeks to three months. Yeah, for sure. So they just get over it quicker and they get back quicker. Okay. So you got a great point, which is, you know, at a year, you can look great whether you had these other ones because... Some people can't have an anterior correct. approach, correct? correct. So talk not about e- that. Not everybody is a, is, a, is a candidate for the anterior approach. I would tell you that probably nowadays, probably 95%, 96% are candidates for it. If you've got previous surgery, if you have a significant deformity, if you have uh, hardware in place that we need to take out, if you've had different approaches already to your hip, mm-hmm. if we're, if we're trying to do revision work, which we normally would need a more extensile approach, so that may not be a candidate from the front. Um, if you're significantly morbidly obese or overweight, not all of those people are candidates from the front. Sure. Most of it has to do with their bellies. I got if you. they have a big belly, they're not as good of a candidate. Now, some people, it's actually better to do it from the front because... You know, if they carry their weight around their hips, yeah, that's a long way to get in from yeah, the back. Sure. So some of those people are actually better candidates. Well, we got really keep, depends on their body habits. Yeah, we got to keep keeping people trim, right? That's in right. case we need one of these. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Um, all right. So the anterior approach, yeah, you know, I, I think it's one of the bigger advances in orthopedic surgery that I've seen, just because of the early mobility and 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 some of the complications. Is that is that correct? Is that too crazy to say? No, it's not. I, I think <clears throat> I think the number one advancement in total joint replacements in the last thirty years actually right. is our pain management now. Mm. The way that we can do uh, our uh, joint cocktail injections, sure. we take care of the pain. So these people after surgery, whether it's a knee or a hip, right, right after surgery, they're able to go home. They yeah. don't hurt. We right. discussed that a little bit with the Total Knee Podcast. Sure. It's the same thing with the hips. Now, I will say the anterior hip, though, absolutely is a huge advancement in hip replacements. Now, used to be hips were harder to get over than anything. Now, right. hips are probably the easier one to get over. I okay. do appreciate that comment, though, on pain management because, you know, in the PT world, 
paint just puts a number on people's willingness to move, sure. ability to move. And we, we all know, I mean, this is, this is another major advancement in medicine in the last 30 to 50 years. Early mobilization, of course, is important. Huge. And if you're too painful to do anything, right. you you're bet. not mobilizing. Yeah. You're just scarring down poorly. Yeah. And, and we don't want to scar down poorly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I can tell you that uh, from an advancement 20 years ago, it was unheard of for me to have a, a hip replacement patient playing golf four days a week, three weeks after their surgery. <laughs> yeah. And now yeah. that's not unheard of yeah. at all. Yeah, sure. There's lots sure. of people doing that. If I get a hip replacement, can I play golf four days a <laughs> week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I listen. Can you help me putt better? I mean, <laughs> that's, that's right. and chip. That's, that's really, exactly. my short game needs work. Yeah, I don't know right. if a hip that's replacement right. will help me with that. Okay. Uh, well, awesome, gentlemen. Thank you uh, for today. We're talking hip replacements, but moving into this anterior, direct anterior approach, which is pretty impressive. Um, we're going to hit a couple episodes coming up here to talk about a little bit of post-op total hip replacement rehab, what to expect, what are you looking for. Uh, we'll get some of those time frames from Dr. Meredith about things you can do and can't do and all that kind of stuff. So, so uh, stay tuned to that, people, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you next time. Dr. Meredith, thank you. Caleb, thank you, brother. Absolutely. Thank you.